What's going on, man? Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we're going to talk some NFL free agency. I figured we might as well with the Deshaun Watson news that he's demanding a trade. My Jets looking like some front runners for that. We'll get to that in another video in case if that actually happens. Then we have the Matthew Stafford rumors. We got all kinds of stuff going on. So we might as well look at how this is all going to shake out in the offseason. And today we're going to be looking at the running backs. I'm going to do a little tier list. And we'll just see how these running backs look for fantasy football, for dynasty football, and what their outlook is for this offseason and this next coming year. Now, if you're new to the channel, on this channel, I got NFL videos, fantasy football. We got some basketball videos, some NBA Top Shot content coming out exclusively. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you go down below, leave a like, comment, join the Discord. On the Discord, we're going to have chat rooms for, for trades. We're going to have chat rooms for my dynasty rankings, my rookie rankings, all that and more. That is the premium spot for this channel. So if you want to be a part of this community, you want to be a part of this channel that is rapidly growing right now, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you join the Discord. I don't know. I don't really got much for this intro. 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 So before I even break down these running backs, let's talk about some general strategy uh, for these running backs and how we're going to be attacking them in Dynasty League. So that's really all that matters right now. We're all in the offseason in Dynasty. We're waiting for these, these rookie picks to happen, these rookie draft picks to happen. And we're all kind of sitting here wondering what to do with these running backs that are about to become free agents. And we don't really even know where they're going to end up. I, I would say that with these running backs are going to be on this list, the, the Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drakes, all those type of guys. I don't want them. In Dynasty, I'm just not I'm just not interested. If running backs that are past their rookie deals, I don't want in Dynasty. I'm looking to sell any running backs that are past their rookie deals, and there's just too many uncertain there's too much uncertainty around them because once they get past that rookie deal, that's when you see them to start fall off a cliff, especially if they go from onto a new team. That's the difference between Melvin Gordon on the Chargers, Melvin Gordon on the Broncos. But then you have Derrick Henry on the Titans, he stays on the Titans, he's still pretty productive. But I, if I'm owning running backs on a dynasty team, I want them on that rookie deal, preferably in that that second or third year give me a little bit of cushion and i'm trying to flip them before they get onto that next contract because from there that's good they get drafted around 21 22 they spend four years in the league and then you're at 25 26 at the top of their prime at 26 but then as soon as you get past age 26 for these running backs a lot of the times they fall off a cliff man it gets it gets really ugly if we want to switch gears for a second and we want to talk about this in redraft terms these guys, I don't, I don't mind the guys that are in their prime around age 25, age 26. I just don't want them long-term. That's why I don't like them in Dynasty. But for redraft, they're fine. But I'll say after the first couple tiers, they're old, they're past their prime. They're not going to be lead backs on an offense. But I'm not hesitant about a guy like Aaron Jones in a redraft league. We take a look at these these running backs. We have, we have a couple of tiers. We got studs. We got lead backs, committee backs with upside, dust. And then we just got buns. The first running back we're going to talk about, the only running back in tier one, Aaron Jones. Guy's a stud. He honestly, I feel bad for the guy. All offseason, or all offseason, beginning of season, he's been hoping for an extension. He saw Dalvin Cook get an extension. He saw Kamara get an extension. He saw Mixon get an extension. And he was kind of the one when the music stopped and everyone grabbed the chair. He was the guy that was left out. And the Packers have refused to commit to Aaron Jones ever since he's been in the league. He's been a fifth round pick out of, I want to say, uh, UTSA or UTEP. Even then, they were struggling to give him touches. He gets suspended. He becomes like this sick running back. And even still, right now, Aaron Jones this season was like a top five running back from a skill-based perspective. And there's still stretches where you're just like, why the, why the fuck is Jamal Williams carrying the football right now? Just full series of Jamal Williams carrying the rock. And he's a decent, probably just a jag running back, you know, the run of the mill running back. But you have when you have Aaron Jones, it's just, it's not in your best interest to take touches away from him and give them to Jamal Williams. 
a guy that really emerged towards the end of the Packers season, though, we saw A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon, we'll talk about him in future videos. I think he's a stud. I didn't love him coming out. He had a weird profile. He's like 250 pounds, more like 240. Not a lot of receiving upside, but he looked good in that offense. He was like a guy that moves the chains. He looked good in the snow game against Indianapolis. Was the snow game? What was the snow game? It was the Titans. He looked great against the Titans. What were his stats real quick? Let me pull this up. AJ Dillon, he had 21 carries for 124 and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones had 10 for 94, but this was pretty much AJ Dillon's like breakout game where he had 124, two touchdowns. I think he's going to be the between the tackles guy for Green Bay. And they've shown that they're not really going to commit to one guy. So I don't think that they really have a problem with the fact that AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon isn't a all-purpose back. Aaron Jones is going to go from an offense where he gets... 60% of the opportunity, 70% of the opportunity to one where he's going to get more touches, but the efficiency is going to fall off a little bit. He's going to go from an offense where the Green Bay Packers have a good offensive line, and then you have Aaron Rodgers who is airing it out. He, it, Whenever you have an offense with Aaron Rodgers, everything's going to run much smoother. And he's going to go from a team like that to probably a team like the Dolphins. I could see a team like the Jets spending up for him. But I think there he will get all of the touches or most of the touches, but he's not going to be as efficient. For 2021, I would say it's a slight bump or just lateral move for him. But in Dynasty, if he goes off the Packers, I'm not really interested. If I have him, I'm trying to sell him. We go one more tier down to lead backs. And here we're going to go Chris Carson. I think he's the second best free agent running back in this group in terms of fantasy, in terms of real life, in terms of all that. He's shown that he is a top 12 running back. Last year, he was the RB11 in points per game. And he's probably still a top 15 back in 2021. But he's also another running back that's tied to an elite quarterback. He's tied to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is going to propel that offense. And I think he loses a lot of value if he moves away from the Seahawks. Now, the problem is is the Seahawks only have $4 million with the cap room. So I'm not sure if they're going to be able to re-sign Chris Carson, but I'm not super tapped into Seattle. Maybe they have guys that can cut. Maybe they have guys that are on non-guaranteed contracts. Maybe Carson takes a pay cut to come back because two things that go for him in Seattle. He has Russell Wilson. And last year, Russell Wilson had his career high in pass attempts and it didn't work out. So as much as I hate it, I hate that they won't just let Russ cook, man. Just let, I know, I know there's gonna be some people in the comments that are saying, oh, they let Russ cook. It didn't work out this year, whatever, whatever. In the modern NFL, it is never a good idea to go away from the past, especially to, to build on the run with the Seattle Seahawks who have one of the worst offensive lines in the Seattle Seahawks where the Chris Carson, Chris Carson's cool, but if you're gonna build around the run, it's gotta be like a Lamar Jackson, JK Dobbins kind of thing, or it's gotta be uh, the Titans with Derrick Henry. It's not, you don't want to build around a shitty O-line in Chris Carson. In Seattle, it's clear that they want to make him, or they would make him the all-purpose back, even though they have, I know they have Rashad Penny. I know they have DJ Dallas. I'm not, I'm, I don't think that they're too high on those guys. I think that if Chris Carson was to walk, that they would add another running back in the draft, which would be an interesting spot for a running back, to be honest with you guys. If Chris Carson was to walk away from the Seahawks and he goes somewhere else, I've seen, I've seen people say he might go to the Bills, he might go to the Buccaneers. It'd be tough in those spots because now I think that he would get marginalized into just a, a between the tackles role. He wouldn't have that. Not that he has a lot of catches in Seattle, but he's been he's been climbing up year by year in targets and he's been looking better as an all purpose type guy. I think it would make his game a little bit more one dimensional if he goes away from the Seahawks. It'd be a tough look. It wouldn't be the end of the world. It, we really just have to see how these things shake out. And then the other running back that I think is in this tier is Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake, he had like a banged up knee going into the season. This season was just rough for him. He was telling like fantasy managers, like believe in me in the beginning of the season. It just, it was a tough look for him because he was a, I would say he was a, a, a massive, massive disappointment. disappointment. He went, he, he was going like around like the first, second turn. I'm glad I didn't get him in too many spots, but he ended up as the RB24. 
and he still has that all-purpose skill set. He's a back that can catch out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles. We saw what he did on this Cardinals offense with Cliff Kingsbury towards the end of 2019. He looked really good, but he fell off a cliff. And then he also is now competing with Chase Edmonds, who I think I really love Chase Edmonds. I honestly think that the Cardinals probably bring him back on a little bit of a discount because of a disappointing year, but he could also go somewhere like the Bucks. He could go somewhere like the the Jaguars. I don't know. There's a couple of spots that would make sense for him to go to. Because, I mean, the Jaguars, James Robinson, you get like that between the tackles type guy. Kenyon Drake could be could be next to him as like a receiving back type guy. But for now, I think I honestly expect him to re-sign with the Cardinals and be that lead back for them. So now we're going to go to the next year, which is committee backs with upside. And the, the best one I think here is James White. It's, it's a pretty boring uh, pick because James White, he's like a system running back in that Bill Belichick offense. He had a down year, but I think it's mostly just because Cam Newton, he's a run-first quarterback. He's These run-first quarterbacks, uh, I've done research on it in the past. They're not passing to the running back. So that's pretty much James White's whole upside. That's what he got from Tom Brady. But maybe they go somewhere else at, at quarterback this season. Maybe they go with a Mac Jones. Maybe they go with a Matthew Stafford. Somebody that will actually dick, dink and dunk it down to the running back position. And I'd be shocked if New England didn't uh, retain him. This is New England's guy. He won a championship with them. He's going to stay in New England. And he'll only be interesting if the Patriots bring in a new quarterback that's like a pocket passer. But out of the look at the rest of the guys on the list. He's the one that I think is probably the best on paper. Next, we have my boy. We have Leonard the Great. Slim Leo. Playoff Leo. He's hitting his prime right now. I wish... Uh, I would debate that you could put him in front of James White, but we'll just leave him here. We'll leave him here because I don't want my biases to affect these rankings. But I, I love Leonard Fournette. He has averaged 104 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown in every single one of these playoff games. And he's really playing his way into a starting spot, into a big contract. And I could see him going, I could see him re-signing with the Bucks. I could see him going somewhere like the Jets where he goes to the Jets and they pair him with a guy in like the second or third round, like a Kenneth Gamewell, a little Thunder and Lightning. I think that'd be a really good gig for him. Or even a spot like the Dolphins where he's kind of the thunder and lightning with uh, with a Miles Gaskin. And I, I just I think that he is going to be a committee guy, and he could maybe work into that lead back role. And next we have a guy that I wanted to put in the dust here, but we'll keep him here for now because I think that a team could kind of trick themselves into making James Conner their bell cow back, that the all-purpose skill set that they saw in 2018, a little bit in 2019, but 2020 was, was rough, man. People were drafting him, I think, in like the third round. And he missed three games and finished as the RB25 in points per game this year. And I'd be shocked if he stays in Pittsburgh. It seems like they want to move on. I think that they 100% get a running back in the draft. I don't see them signing one of these running backs. But I will say, Chris Carson would make a lot of sense in that scheme. And I think that he's like, he's honestly probably just a better version of James Conner. So watch out for Chris Conner to the Steelers. But ultimately, I think that they go with somebody like a Najee Harris or Javante Williams. I think those are two backs that are physical, all-purpose guys that really fit their system. And the last guy in this committee with upside tier... We're going to go Philip Lindsay. We're actually not the last guy. We got two more, but we'll put Philip Lindsay here. Philip Lindsay, you know, small guy, satellite back. We saw what he did his rookie year. He looked really crisp, but Melvin Gordon's on that team. Philip Lindsay's going to be a restricted free agent. I, I don't see him going anywhere, but I also don't see him being super relevant. I think he's a Colorado guy. He was an undrafted free agent. The Broncos believed in him. He could, I think with a restricted free agency, they're going to, they're going to probably put a qualifying offer on him and then he'll probably just sign a one-year deal and then, and then hit the market next year because this 2017 class is so loaded at running back that maybe it just makes sense for him to try and get his stock back up. The legit last guy in this tier, we have Mike Davis. Now, Mike Davis probably had the best 2020 of anybody in the world, I'd say. He had the perfect scenario in 2021. Everything else went wrong. It, when you, when Mike Davis closed his eyes and went to sleep in the summer, his best case scenario is Christian McCaffrey goes down, he comes in and he balls the fuck out. He 
He was the RB14 in points per game this year, and he looked good. Mike Davis, a guy that was a rotational guy in Chicago, wasn't really that big of a of a name coming into free agency. He, was, he wasn't somebody on anybody's radars going into the season, but he came out. He won championships for some people. He looked great. I doubt that he gets meaningful touches somewhere, but I think that he'll probably sign as a, as a rotation guy somewhere. And if that lead back goes down in that type of system, maybe he goes to a Seattle. I could see him going to a Seattle. If they let Chris Carson walk. They, they bring him in kind of like what they did with Carlos Hyde last year. I think the Cardinals, if they wanted to let Kenyon Drake walk and they wanted more of a between-the-tackles guy to pair up with Chase Edmonds, I'm not sure they're going to take that next step with Chase Edmonds. It's hard to put a finger on where these guys are going to go especially with a lot of stuff hanging in the balance right now. You don't really know which teams are targeting who, especially once you get towards the back end of this list, because it just seems like the top spots will get soaked up by the number one running backs, and then the rest will just be, will just you kind of just get what you get. Now we have the dust tier. That's going to be where Le'Veon Bell is. Le'Veon Bell, I picked this picture because I would say that he's probably a better rapper than he is a running back at this point. It's been a rough two, ever since he left the Steelers, it's been rough. And I think that I think that Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley being in the dust and buns tier, I think is a perfect showing of why in Dynasty, you don't want to get players that are past their rookie deals because the running backs, dude, they fall off a cliff. We've seen it time and time again. We've seen it with David Johnson, with Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley. You could name any running back that won in the first round from 2016 and prior and it's been an ugly ugly road man besides uh like ezekiel elliott it's been super ugly he failed to reach over 65 rushing yards and he only has two touchdowns on the year in an offense like the fucking chiefs he's at best a rotation guy a breather back and then that brings me to todd Gurley, who i would love to put in buns but we're not gonna put anybody in buns because i, I i'm uh, psyched. psyched todd Gurley's going in buns the knee is done the knee is literally just a shrapnel grenade at this point. He looked good in the first half of the season, but if you remember those matchups, he had a lot of easy, easy layup matchups in the beginning of the season in garbage time games. And I think that teams are just are done betting on Todd Gurley. He's going to walk from the Falcons. I, I doubt that he gets a meaningful deal anywhere. He can't be trusted as a lead guy, and I, I'm not sure that Todd Gurley is comfortable with being that change of pace back. And even then, he he just lacks the juice, man. I, I just don't see him being somebody that's relevant in fantasy anymore, somebody that I'll ever have on one of my teams again. Besides, maybe maybe if he becomes a handcuff to somebody and somebody goes down, I could see him as like a waiver wire pickup in the future. If you made it this far, man, I appreciate it. Make sure you go down below, leave a like, comment, subscribe, join the motherfucking Discord. We're going to have subscriber leaves in there, subscriber mock drafts. We have NBA Top Shot chats in there. We have, we're going to have rookie rankings on there, dynasty rankings on there. We're going to have a lot of stuff coming out on that Discord extremely, extremely soon. And it's all free. Eventually, we're going to move that kind of stuff on the Patreon. But for right now, you can get in for free. Make sure you join the Discord. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at RonStewart underscore. I'm going to be coming out with a video like this for wide receivers probably in the next few days. I'll see you guys in the next one.